Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network, Jonathan Shop, previewing Michigan State, Michigan, the single most bitter rival in the country. Are you ready? I have a feeling that you are. If you're not, you're going to be ready by the end of this show. And we get ready for another edition of what has really become a game of national interest. It's not a national rivalry, but a game of national interest over the last couple decades. And a game that's honestly been closer than either side of the rivalry wants to admit in the modern era. You probably know, and if you don't, let me introduce you to the modern era of Michigan State-Michigan football. It actually is lines up pretty nicely. 1995, the first game, Nick Saban and Lloyd Carr. Draw a gigantic line in the sand. 95 is the start of the modern era. Since then, get ready for a little shock, unless you're up on this. Michigan has won 15. Michigan State has won 13. That is how close this rivalry has been in the modern era. If you hear anybody on either side of it saying it's not that close, point them back to that. What's the record since 95? Well, Michigan has a two-game edge since 1995. You can argue it should be 20. You can argue it should be an advantage for Michigan State by 20. Whatever you say does not supplant the fact that this one has actually been that close since 1995. Now, there have been runs. We've seen Michigan make a run of seven straight. We've seen Michigan State take. Seven out of eight, I think, at one point in that 2012 game. Eesh. That 2012 game was one that Michigan State should have won, but for overly stubborn coaching, Michigan State wins that one. Actually, the 2012 game is not a horrible comparison to what I expect we're going to see on Saturday. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But let's take a little more time to talk about the history of that. And then we'll talk a little bit about what happened last year, because I think some of what happened after the game was baked into how the game went. 
Michigan winning 29 to 7 in Ann Arbor. But I want to make sure you understand as we get to our first break how close this rivalry has been in the modern era. Michigan has a two game advantage. That's it. Why draw a line in the sand in 95? Easy. There's two new head coaches then, and those guys are still tied in to what's going on today. We had Saban, Bobby Williams, who was, of course, under Saban, John L. Smith, Mark D'Antonio, Mel Tucker, Harlan Barnett. That's a pretty easy line to, to, to draw. Lloyd Carr along the same lines. Lloyd Carr was there a long time. Rich Rodriguez not. Brady Hoke tied to Lloyd Carr, of course. Jim Harbaugh also tied to Lloyd Carr. It makes the most sense to draw the line at 1995. For you young folks out there, that may have been before you were born, and that's true. It doesn't really change anything. The modern era of Michigan State, Michigan starts in 95. Michigan has a two-game edge, and they are looking to make a big, big statement if they can Saturday night under the lights at Spartan Stadium. It's going to be amped and ready to go. We're going to talk about it and get you ready for it right here, Spartan Pride Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As we get ready for this one, we're going to take a look at the traditional areas that we always focus on on these Outlook Moving Forward shows. Offensively, Michigan State has their work cut out for them. And I think, quite honestly, as simple as it sounds, Michigan's goal for this one is going to be just to stop Michigan State and assume that they're going to score enough to win. Part of the reason they can say that is they've got some good numbers defensively. Michigan ranks 10th in rush defense, and in total defense, they rank 2nd. Now, their schedule has been remarkably weak, and they have done very well defending the field, defending the end zone. That's kind of what you would want if you had a weak schedule. You would not want numbers in the 40s or 30s. So Michigan is going to present a huge challenge for Michigan State. As we have talked about on this show and we talked about with uh, Mel Tucker this summer, we talked about with Mel Tucker when he got the job when I was at Spartan Nation, and we really talked about with Urban Meyer as the Meyer-Dantonio era got going in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten East, it all starts up front. If you want to look for an opportunity, if you want to see if Michigan State has a chance to win, you need to see how they're competing up front. Can they block anybody, not just in the first quarter, but through the fourth quarter? If they can, Katenhauser may have a chance to do something. You never know if Katenhauser is going to be a special quarterback. If he is, you might get an indication by some outstanding piece of work that he does this weekend. But it's going to be a long day for Katenhauser if the Spartans can't block anybody. The most important thing they can do on offense is block well. After that, you need some. Really, you need some plays. You're going to need some explosive plays and some people to get open out wide. I don't expect a whole lot of running for Michigan State. If they run, they need to consider doing option plays and let Hauser hang it all out there. We know Hauser can run a bit. He's going to need to run a bit, and he may be the most effective runner 
even if he doesn't have the most yards on Saturday night. Now, defensively, Michigan State appears to be heading in the right direction. They appear to be getting better. That's interesting to say when you look at their record because they have been stuck on the two wins. At the same time, they should have won the last two games and had a chance to win the Maryland game. The reason that matters is only because it's telling you that the defense is trending a little bit in the right direction. They are going to face a fantastic quarterback in J.J. McCarthy, who's playing very well, and a team that really has found themselves to be in sync. And this is a huge surprise. Michigan looked like a mess a couple years ago. Their head coach didn't want to be there. And luckily, they bought back Biff Pogey, who seemed to be the difference. What you have now is a different Jim Harbaugh than the one I met in 2016. We had some issues from time to time when he came back on the Big Ten press conference calls, and it really started off the wrong foot the very first day because he didn't want to be there. He had things to do. He made that clear, and he didn't handle it very well. And also, throughout the year, we had a lot of fun, I thought, but he didn't like being asked some pretty tough but fair questions, really not critical questions. I was just trying to get to the heart of the matter is, why was this guy able to get Michigan to play so much harder? And that, to me, has been the legacy of Jim Harbaugh so far. He's gotten Michigan to play so much harder than they used to play. They do not have and have not had the most talent in the world. All you got to do is look at some of the quarterbacks that Harbaugh's had and some of the, you know, for lack of a better term, really overrated players that they've had. Those haven't necessarily been the stars at Michigan. The reason that they've done as well as they have is a combination of Harbaugh getting them to play hard, harder than they really would otherwise, not even close to how hard. They, they play so much harder with Jim Harbaugh as head coach and somehow getting organized, getting out of the way enough to let coordinators um, make progress and do the right thing and put their players in a position to have success. That, that, that's really the difference in Michigan right now. Michigan State has their work cut out for them. They're going to have to compete up front. They're going to have to make some plays, and they're really going to have to hope that Michigan makes some mistakes. They've got it running. They've got it passing. They've got a quarterback that can move. They got their hands full. So they look for turnovers. Look for how much Michigan is able to do basically what they want. If they're able to run how they want, I would expect them to run a lot. If they're able to convert third downs, those are things to look for early on to try to gauge whether this is going to end up to be a wide margin or another close one in this series that just it, it rarely fails. It rarely fails to deliver something good. That's why since 95, Michigan only has a two-game edge. And that's why after what happened last year, Michigan State's got some some work to do. And we're going to talk about that next and we talk about the special teams on the Spartan Pride podcast. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It does not appear any changes were made to Spartan special teams, which is a bit of a surprise. How much more will Harlem Barnett be willing to tolerate before making a change? I don't know. Spartan special teams have cost Michigan State some games. They're probably going to cost them a bowl trip. What are they going to cost them this week? That's kind of the feeling as you're heading into this one with Michigan. On the other end, you might be thinking, well, maybe things are going to even out. Well, if they kind of even out, that'd be good for Michigan State. Uh, Jonathan Kim is kicking it well. The punting game has obviously been a mess. What's going to happen with the return game probably doesn't matter much. You know, at this point, let's just lay it out and plain English. Michigan State special teams has been a liability. What they need to do is find a way not to be a liability. That's the first goal. Do no harm. From there, anything that you have above that is a nice bonus, but they really need to try not to do any harm. Michigan is going to pin their ear back and go. What can they do? What can they do to get Michigan State off balance? Can they line up in different formations? How do they throw Michigan State into a situation where they might make another special teams mistake? That's what I would look for all game. And you'd hate to see another special teams play be a decider. If at all there's a chance, keep an eye on that. There's no question the advantage for this one is with Michigan. Intangible-wise, this is where it gets a little interesting. What I think happened in large part last year was Michigan State was overcooked going into that game. They were overly fired up. Mel Tucker and company might have might have might have overhyped some guys a little too much. So they're going in there. They've learned some things about the history of Michigan and Michigan State. They're fired up to go, and it's a game that kind of gets away from them. I. I Absolutely expect that's a game Michigan State thought that they were going to win and should win. And they didn't make the plays even to have a chance to win. And I think that might have had some people overcooked going into what was an ugly tunnel incident that should not have happened and that there is no excuse for. There is no victim blaming. None. There's also, I, I don't know how in the world there was a criminal case made of those, but. That stuff went by the wayside. Unfortunately, those cases were not tried to a jury. That would have been interesting. But the point is, intangible-wise, Michigan State, I think, was overcooked going into the game last year. They didn't handle it right. And then they had an absolute meltdown that was, unfortunately, a bad sign of things to come. They need to show up and right the ship. This is at home for Michigan State. They embarrassed themselves and a lot of folks last year. What are they going to do this year? They got a little bit of an intangible edge. They, they, there's something that they need to do to show themselves that they've righted the ship, learned from mistakes, etc. From Michigan's standpoint, they're trying to truck their way to somehow win another Big Ten or compete for one and maybe get into a playoff again, which is amazing considering the shape that they were in not too long ago. Uh, I don't think they really have much to stock to put in this game. If I'm Michigan, I want to keep this train rolling till I get to the bigger games on the schedule. So intangible-wise, Michigan State has an advantage, but I'm not sure it's going to matter that much. 
Now, one-on-one matchups is, is again, going to be interesting. Mel Tucker talked about the need for beef up front, especially on the defensive line. They added beef. Some of those guys are now six or, you know, handful of, of somewhere between two and maybe eight games of experience, depending on how much they played last year. You've got some transfers that are making a difference. Let's see how they measure up. Um, I'm not so worried about that in these games whether somebody has a great advantage or not that again they've been so close for so long they tend to 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 kind of smush into each other so if one of these teams has a great physical advantage like michigan state's had in the past or michigan's had in the past they usually tend to smush into each other now there are games like 2013 there are games like 2019 that are not close, but most of the time physically that they're they're decent. Michigan State needs to show up and um look, the strength and conditioning work at Michigan State has not looked good this year so far. It it, it simply plain hasn't. It, I don't know it doesn't look like they've made a lot of progress over the last couple of years there. And that's gonna show up this weekend if they get pounded and pushed around by Michigan. That's the bottom line. Coaching-wise, there's not really much of a question. Michigan is a well-oiled machine and running as well as they can right now. Unfortunately for Coach Harlan Barnett, he has not been able to get out of his own way. His indecision in changing a quarterback at the time needed cost Michigan State games. His He seems to be doing a great job at identifying what's going wrong, but he's not yet figured out how during a game to try to, to, to flip a switch or change momentum. That's not really a criticism. It's very, very difficult to do. It does remind me a bit of John L. Smith, who did a better job than the last two coaches before him, including Nick Saban, did at identifying what was not going well at Michigan State. He just couldn't find a way to fix it. Mark D'Antonio, the fixer, as I like to call him, uh, he did both. He was able to identify it and fix it, uh, you know, through the Badger bomb of 2016 when everything kind of blew up. From there, it was rickety at best although there was a nice nice stretch during 2017 that of course included the 14-10 win over michigan at ann arbor so coach barnett nobody has any more history with michigan michigan state than he does it's great that coach d is in the building in the room i think michigan state is going to perform best this week that we've seen all season but I don't know if that's going to be enough. 44-10 was the beatdown Michigan laid on Michigan State in 2019. I would not expect Jim Harbaugh to take any kind of foot off the gas. He's got a national audience. He's got an in-state rival that's bitter than, or better than any across the country. And I think he's got a little bit of downhill run he can make here. Uh, he could beat Michigan State 55-10. to And Michigan State's not gonna gonna react. They're not gonna do anything stupid or crazy like they did last year in the tunnel. So this one could get out of hand. It could, but they usually don't. These games are usually pretty tight. You know, when you look back, and this might be a fun way to wrap up this edition of Spartan Pride Podcast. We're gonna look back in the modern era, and I'm gonna give you some quick memories and flashbacks to what we see. And you can play along at home because everybody remembers a whole lot of the history between Michigan and Michigan State. On this edition, we're going to wrap it up here on the Spartan Pride Podcast.
Oh, man, we thumb our way through the modern era of this game. 95, 28, 25, Nigeria Carter, everyone knows that catch. 97, Michigan State with the uh, Sports Illustrated in the room for the week. There's a great old article you could see there. They were ready to go. Granger, Granger, that's the fake field goal touchdown highlight for Michigan State, 23-7. That's the one that had the uh, Charles Woodson interception run. You saw some highlights of that. That was really the greatest interception in Spartan Stadium until Curtis Drummond's uh, in the early 2010s. 90, 98, 98. 29-17, but that's that's not how close that was. Michigan State, I think, was getting ready to go up uh, 14-0, something like that. They go to kick a field goal. The kicker is totally roughed. No flag is called. At worst, it should have been first and goal for Michigan State. At best, it would have been, like, really short. A few plays later, Anthony Thomas takes off for a big one. That one's not close. 99 is one of the greatest games of all time in Spartan Stadium. Hall of Famers all over the place, including a backup quarterback for Michigan named Tom Brady. It was 34-31, but it really was not that close. Michigan State had the game for a long time. It also included one of the best field goals you've ever seen right before the half. I thought it was a fake. Saban thought it was a fake. Everybody thought it was a fake. Hayden Epstein, like 50-plus yards into a serious win. That one was like, wow. But 99 was not ever that close. 2000 included controversial call by the goal line. Michigan State thought they were going to win. Bobby Williams called timeout to complain to referees, sent tape to the Big Ten. Michigan State didn't score. It was 14-0. 2001 was, of course, the Ducket catch that launched an investigation that determined there was still 0.3 seconds on the game clock when Jeff Smoker spiked the ball. I still don't understand this one. Michigan fans, if you've got a problem with this one, you've got a problem with the referee who ran to spot the ball. 2002, the bottom falls out for Michigan State. I was there. Michigan State takes a 3-0 lead. And then face plan, 49-3. John L. Smith's first year, Michigan State had a chance to tie. I think there was, I don't want to say the guy's name, but until a personal foul took him out of the game for good, 27-20. 2004, Michigan State is rolling. They're going to beat Michigan and Ann Arbor pretty badly. There's a running play that cannot be stopped by Michigan. Drew Stanton gets injured. And then the masterful comeback of Michigan. Triple overtime. Michigan State loses 45-37. Lloyd Carr calls it the best game he's ever been a part of at the time. 2005, Michigan State is favored, slow start, a lot of pressure, too tight. They lose in overtime 34-31 and one of the more crushing losses for John L. Smith. 2007, this is the one that probably sticks with me most. Michigan 28-24, Michigan State should have won this game. Ryan Mallett is in the game for a play. He fumbles, somehow the ball fumbles forward to Mike Hart. There's an unbelievable catch by Mario Manningham. This is one Michigan State let get away. And I remember a third down call. It would just, it just took forever for the third down toss to J.U. Culcrick to get going. That was the end for Michigan State. But really the start of amazing run for Michigan State. That's when Mike Hart uh, went off after the game for some reason which is another whole show, thinking that Michigan State's Mark D'Antonio was specifically pointing at them. 
after learning that they had lost to Appalachian State. In reality, Mark D'Antonio had prepared for his first game as head coach at Michigan State and was probably a little more worried about that, didn't have time to pay attention to what was going on with the scoreboard down the road in the most surprising upset in major college football history. 2008 starts a great run for Michigan State. 2009, mistake by Rich Rodriguez not to go for two and end the game in overtime as Michigan starts a comeback. Michigan State wins in overtime. 2010-11, not very close. 2012, 2012, Michigan State should have won. Overly stubborn offensive approach by Mark D'Antonio. They lose 12-10. That really was the game. If you see the reaction of the Michigan crowd and Michigan team, that, that was the game, this rivalry. That was the point in time that Michigan really began to recognize the modern era's rivalry was a real thing. It doesn't matter what they say. That's when they did. 13, 14, 15, not very close. 16, bottom falling out for Michigan State. Um, there's some back and forth with an actually the game's a lot closer than it looks because I think Michigan State went for two when they maybe should have gone for one. Michigan went down and scored again, so it looked a little wider than it was. 2017, if you haven't seen a season with on Amazon, go ahead and check that out. Just watch that episode. You're gonna see a lot of funny stuff. What a quarterback room Michigan had that year. And Pep Hamilton. Duh. Pep Hamilton. Just, just watch that. Just watch that. 2018, 2019, bottom falls out of Michigan State. 2020, Rocky Lombardi to Ricky White all night again. 21, we all know Ken Walker running past Aiden Hutchinson. Incredible. 2022, a black mark for the rivalry. 29-7, Michigan State. Handful of players involved in a melee in the tunnel. It gets way out of hand from there. The point is, it's time to turn the page. This is a, a new era for the rivalry, like it or not. This is the first game after the tunnel incident. It's a marker in time. And it's another one that we can't wait to see. Everyone is looking to see what happens in this game, how everybody conducts and behaves themselves. I will remind you one more time that Michigan has a two-game etch in the modern era of this rivalry, and I look forward to hearing everybody and their reaction to it. How this game went, what you saw, what you thought went well, what you didn't think worked. SpartanPridePodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back here, back right here on Monday to wrap things up. Take a look back at what happens in this edition of Michigan Michigan State on the Spark Pride Podcast, where the fans first sports network.